Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, near or far, high or low, you're listening to the Coach D Podcast. And listeners, I have a very special, a, um, I can't lie, doing a lot of research on this player, I've, I've got a ton of questions that I want to ask her because I just feel like her background and, and how she ended up playing basketball is super interesting. Now, before this guest even says anything, listeners, you know how we do, we have to make sure our listeners feel comfortable okay so let's just set the scene right now okay let me clear my throat and get my announcer voice set up hold on and now stepping on the court at five foot ten by way of everett washington was a part of the 3a class washington state championship team in high school was a all wesco first team Wesco South Division MVP and was a team MVP as a senior. In college, earned her 200th career point and grabbed her 100th career rebound. Now playing for Seattle Pacific University. Listeners, fans, give a warm welcome to Caprice Boston. (laughs) Oh my goodness, talk to me Caprice. How are you Hi, doing? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. I mean, before we even get started, how's your how's your physical? How's your mental? Um, you know, I'm coming off of two leg surgeries the past year, so right. getting to play is is pretty great. I feel good. My mental, you know, this year has been pretty tough on everybody. Um, and now that we're playing basketball, it's, it's a lot better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean. Before we speak about the athlete you are today, um, if you could just just take us back to, you know, your first time playing basketball. And here's the thing that the <laughs> listeners might not know, that I can't lie, Caprice, my heart almost melted when I was scrolling at your Instagram. And I think I must have saw you when you were, I think, three years old, holding <laughs> a basketball with so uh-huh. much confidence. The pose was like, yep, this is me when I was three <laughs> and I get buckets at this age. My heart was like, if, if I could take a picture of my daughter like that, my, my life is complete, you know, my life is complete. <laughs> so you starting so early, just, just talk us through, you know, I mean, from what you can remember, just how you got into sports and basketball specifically. Okay, so I'm going to take us back a little bit to the days of mom and pops here. Okay. Um, my dad was a big time basketball player, got recruited from sixth grade. He could dunk in the sixth grade. Like he's wait, been playing. Wait, time out, time out. Okay, hold on, <laughs> wait, 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 hold on, wait. See, this one gets me upset. I, I could just about dunk at six foot. He's dunking in the sixth grade. Oh, okay, yeah. my fault, my fault. Okay, talk to me. Oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. So his whole side of the family played. Um, he was a point guard. He's a smaller dude. Um, so he's just, he has been that person for me who was like, you know, I'm not going to force you to play basketball, but this is what I played. This is what my family played. Like, if you're interested, you can pursue that. And then you have my mom who, um, her nickname in high school was the three-point queen. Oh, okay. Yeah. I love it already. Okay. Okay. So then you had her in my ear too, um, being like, Caprice, you know, I'm not going to force you, but if you really want to play, like, 
will give you the opportunity. So from the time that I was born, when my dad, um, my dad was in college when I was born, I was always there at every game. I was running around. I was like the little team mascot, you know, what's <laughs> right. Caprice doing today? Like, what's her hair like? I've been around <laughs> basketball for as long as I can remember. Um, I've been playing since I was two. I'm 21. So that's quite some time. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. I think the first time I remember actually shooting a basketball was at my dad's, one of my dad's like open runs with some guys and I had on a skirt and a tank top and I can just oh, remember wow. him being like, here, try and shoot it. And I shot it. It wasn't close, but okay. that was the time <laughs> I can remember. Right, right. Oh my. You see now that that's 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 painting a picture wide because on one end I'm I'm seeing your pops who was just like dunking up the place, getting offers at the sixth grade. Then I see on the right side, I'm just seeing the three-point queen who's just making <laughs> it rain like Steph before Steph, Leslie before it was Leslie. Like I mean, in 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 terms of what that household must have been like for you, was you kind of um amongst um competitive energy or was there kind of a switch when when they was off the court it was you know it, it didn't really get into the household of being competitive yeah okay so one thing that you must know about the bostons i'm the oldest of three the um Boston. it's I love this talk. okay okay <laughs> this was said before i love it i love it um we're competitive in about every single last thing we do, whether that's chores, walking the dogs, board games, family game night. You probably don't want to be there. Oh, uh, <laughs> okay. It's straight competitiveness always. So here's, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a early question that I ask all of my guests, and now kind of knowing your DNA that you come from in terms of your up bringing would you say that you know having that competitive edge and that mindset is something that you can be born with or something that you just naturally learn along the way um I think it's a little bit of both I think it's easier um when you're around an environment like that to pick up those habits mm -hmm. but like I have seen like some of my old teammates who aren't um around their families a lot are born with that and that could be um I don't know they're just like straight out the gate like always fighting for what they want um I, I think it can go either way okay understood understood see now if if we may could you just paint a picture of what like a regular because like my household especially how it's coming to Christmas this is where mm -hmm. board games come out and this is where and here's the thing you know it's about to get serious my family do the disclaimer right hey listen if you if you're soft if you're not about this if you're gonna <laughs> whine complain the tv's down the hall you guys can chill but the minute you enter this arena we're mm -hmm. at, at a table but all of a sudden caprice it's an arena now like the minute you're in this arena play hard mm -hmm. play smart i, I don't want to hear no complaining and i'm not gonna <laughs> lie you see when I lose, like can't no one talk to me for a good 30 minutes. I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to keep it a buck. So <laughs> for yourself, what's that dynamic like of like a game family night for the Bostons? And, and when things get a bit um, touch and go, you know, and you lose, yeah. what's that whole energy like for you? Um, so it's, oh gosh, <laughs> my, <laughs> um, it's a very high energy family. We're all very close. So like okay. we know what gets on each other's nerves. 
so we we kind of we kind of nitpick at each other but in terms of like losing like if i lose like i'm okay like you know you can't always win of course i'm upset but like i'm not gonna be super like mean and like not want to talk to anybody but then you have like my sister who's like the the fire of everything she'll be like i'm done i'm done (laughs) (laughs) but it's like that with all five of us like my dad is super into everything it's like once you start something within our family like we're not going to stop till it's finished and there is a winner and we're gonna let the losers know who won basically okay understood (laughs) understood so um i mean with you know when you was growing up um before we just speak about how you ventured into different sports as well and played at a high level in those sports like what are some of the traits that you've kind of that you understood from early okay i've got this from my pups and okay i've got the three-point shot or the handles and the finesse from my mom so i'm i'm not gonna lie to you (laughs) (laughs) when i was younger um there there was a time where i was like i don't even know if i want to play i wasn't Mm very good right off the bat you can always tell when a player has like natural talent when they're a little raw and like if they get with the right trainers and stuff they'll be they'll be something special um once I started to like understand my body because you know when you're younger and you're like going through puberty and you're growing and you're not Mm -hmm. really in control of everything um once I started to understand what I could do like I've been fast pretty much my whole life so once I got my handles down which my dad was very big on he's like whether you're a small person or a big man if you can handle the rock you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna do stuff So Um, so once I got my handles down from there I learned to drive and I think that's where I got a lot of my dad's mentality from he was like if you can get the ball and jab once and go straight to the cup you know there's gonna be people that you're gonna beat all the time and then um you know i haven't always been a good shooter and i'm i'm gonna say that like i like if i'm open i'll hit it um but these last couple years in college um that's been my main focus is to try and get better with my shooting every day and now that i'm in my fourth year of college i can confidently say i'm starting to shoot like my mom hey the queen it's coming the queen i love it so yeah but in terms of competitiveness and spirit i got it from the both of them i see that in things that they do when they were on the court when i watch video and off the court it's the things i think off the court um for me attitude wise that have transitioned into my game from them that i have learned that makes me the player i am today understood understood so how do because i mean for myself in in high school obviously because football is huge here in london i mean my my first touch i'm not gonna lie wasn't the greatest but i mean you put me on the defensive end no one's getting past me but offense if if someone saw me running up on the fast break on the pitch then now yeah don't pass the ball to demetrius because he's just gonna toe punt it right out the cage so let's just you know keep them for defense only and for yourself i mean i'm looking wait a minute she did taekwondo she did volleyball she did, wait a minute she does so many sports and, it, and it's, it's 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 i mean it's one thing just to show up to class no she actually played for the team so one you know where did your curiosity stem from to try out so many different sports and two like what was that day-to-day schedule like for you because it must have been or i'm curious to know if it was quite 
busy for you during those times? Yeah, yeah. So, um, like I said earlier, my parents, they didn't want to force us to play basketball, but you know when they can kind of they can kind of hint at you what's their favorite. Right. <laughs> so, obviously basketball was going to be something that whether or not we liked it, we were probably going to keep doing until we vocalized. But up until we told them that's what we wanted to do, they were like, "Here, let's try taekwondo." Um, I did karate at first when I was like five, I think. And then mm-hmm. we moved to Washington because I was born in Oregon. Right. And we stopped for a little bit. And I was like, you know what, mom, I kind of like that. Um, I'm an aggressive person. Mm-hmm. So uh, the sparring and stuff was really something right. I liked. So yeah. once we came back up here when I was in, uh, I got my black belt in sixth grade. In like fourth yeah. grade, I was like, I want to keep doing this. And she was like, if you like it, we can keep doing it. So that was that. I didn't really play any other sports growing up. It was just basketball and taekwondo. Mm-hmm. But once I got to high school or middle school, I'll say, I was like, I'm kind of tall. Mom, I want to try volleyball. So I tried right. out for the team. And obviously they're not going to cut somebody who's like four inches taller than everyone. Right. Um, right. Whether or not you're good. You can teach the skills. You can't teach height. Indeed. Um, <laughs> So um, I started playing volleyball in middle school and I was like, I kind of like this. Like it's different than basketball, brings out the more girly side of me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I started to play that and over the three years of middle school, I got a lot better. So once it got time for high school, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna try out. And then that's when it really took off for me for volleyball. I was very naturally gifted. Um, I never trained or anything, but I went from the freshman team my freshman year to varsity my sophomore year. Humble flex, I like it. I like yeah. it. Humble flex. <laughs> so, see, and I'm, in between sorry. that time, um, right. sorry, in between that time of freshman team to varsity, I was playing basketball. I hadn't touched a volleyball, so it's just a lot of natural ability and growing into my body. Right. Right. Um, you see, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to notice a trend here. Like your pups could dunk at the sixth grade. You became a black belt at the sixth grade. I'm probably going to assume or guess that your mom was named the queen of shooting. I'm going to say around the sixth grade as well. I'm kind of starting to see a trend with the Westerns <laughs> here, which I love. But I mean, for yourself, especially coming from, um, you know, trying out so many different sports and just being naturally gifted in them like in terms of when you made the decision to focus on basketball was there any skills that you was using or any tactics that you learned from other sports that you applied to basketball yes definitely i also forgot to mention i ran track so that helped okay how far 100 200 um i did the 100 200 and the four by one and the four by two every now and then okay yeah okay so that alone like conditioning wise and just being fast right off the bat helped um volleyball jumping i can out jump a lot of people right um and it in volleyball like it's quick jumps all the time um and then taekwondo just like learning how to like when you're sparring someone you have to read their body Mm -hmm. and read their motions and then looking at that and going to basketball if my defender's leaning one way or they're heavy on one foot and i can see that then i know which way to drive or which way to jab mm-hmm. so yeah mm-hmm. i love it i love it especially i think for me i i i kind of um 
saw myself in you when I read that you did Taekwondo. I was like, oh snap, because when I was little, I did martial arts. So that's with the connection. And I was like, okay, that's dope. Because I, I don't think a lot of um, people come up from that background of doing martial arts and then going yeah. straight to sports. So it was nice to see that you was able to take, you know, kind of reading, you know, where they're putting their weight on, you know, certain patterns that they do in martial arts. Mm -hmm. You can um, apply that to basketball as well which is dope so now i mean there's there's so much to discuss right now <laughs> I'm i mean if we could before we even speak about college what was that moment caprice where you knew that you was nice at basketball whether <laughs> it was like a step back a crossover a block a steal you called out a play or you, mm -hmm. you saw something from the sideline when was that moment for you that's so funny that you say that because i was just thinking about this last night oh wow um, <laughs> <laughs> um i remember the game i remember uh, we were in Yakima, which is a small town up here in Washington. Okay. And I remember the tournament before. So like the previous weekend, my parents said, if you want to take this serious, you need to show us what you're capable of and that you want to continue to do this. And it was one of those tough conversations, you know, that you have with your kids after yeah. they lose and the parents know your potential. But as a little kid, you're just like, I don't understand. So I came out in this game and I was like, I, I think I want to do this and I got a pass out on the right wing and I took one dribble and I was down at about the hash on the Golly. key and, and I, I spun to my right and hey. laid it up and I was ah, like okay this is it this is it this is what I want to do <laughs> oh my gosh I love it I love it I love it so then when you made the transition in in terms of you know what was um high school basketball like for you in terms of you playing for a strong championship team and just just some of the habits that you learn the memories that you gain but also a lot of people think you know championship it's just all ups oh no there's there's ups and downs you know there's, yeah. there's games that you should have won that you end up losing or just 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 yeah. not you know mm -hmm. playing as strong as you did so kind of playing for a high school at that level what was that exposure like for you yeah so um i actually wasn't supposed to go to this high school because i live out of district i had no idea their girls program was good wow. um so i just kind of walked in and like at this point like i'm confident in my skill set mm -hmm. and um i can remember walking into the first practice and being like oh my gosh these girls are amazing Right. Um, it was, I was blessed in terms of being on a high school um, team that was as successful as we were. Um, like literally every movie that is about, about a high school basketball team has the, uh, the state championship team. They yeah. have the good coach. They have all the players. And mm -hmm. it wasn't just one player on my team that was good. We had a, like a solid like 12 girls on the team who could straight up just ball. Nice. Um, nice. So it was so fun um, not having that pressure to be the one girl on the team to do everything. If one of us was having a not so very good game, we could rely on the other 11 girls to come in and step it up. Right. It was, it was just, we fed off of each other's energy. 
like winning state my sophomore year was probably one of the best memories I've had in life so far. It was I so unreal. I saw the picture that big <laughs> that big trophy. I was like, oh, that got some weight to it as well. You, oh, you yeah. can see yourself in the reflection. Oh man, I love it. And I it was on it. my birthday, so it just oh, made it better. Cherry on top. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. It was just that team was different. I've never been on a team that everybody was so goal oriented that like no matter what stood in our way whether we were sick whether we didn't have practice like we were always together mm-hmm. we were at each other's houses every weekend um like we, we were truly best friends on and off the court and i think that that's what built that strong system right. at, at linwood high school is that we were more than just a team we were legitimately best friends who did everything together so what like if you could like was in in terms of that sisterhood everyone being locked in what oh man because that's an important thing because having that quality is huge because it helps in practices it helps in games it helps when you're down by two up by Mm -hmm. ten just having that poise so you know when like when you first went to that high school what was the overall culture like and then when did you kind of start to see the change in terms of that sisterhood coming about players being locked in and that kind of championship dna start to run its course yeah so like from an outsider coming in um i had no idea what i was walking into but it was like it was overwhelming at first because there's so much more that goes into basketball than just basketball like you have to be eligible in the classroom you have to um you know not get in trouble outside of both basketball school and in like reality in real life outside of school Mm -hmm. um so just learning from the older girls and them telling me like our team gpa was a three two and if it was lower than that you know you were still eligible to play but you're gonna get that up Right. Um, it was it, it was different at first and I wasn't a bad student or anything but this is a team where like you had to meet these expectations in order to get the time on the court mm-hmm. and um, once I finally started to get in that groove and have those older girls guide me um, it just started to flow the chemistry started to flow and I think that's one of the biggest things that if I could tell any program is just to make sure that the older girls are so in tune to what's going on that they are projecting what the coaches are saying onto everybody, whether right. that's on the court or off the court. Mm-hmm. Completely. And it was to the point where like we were all so close that like if one of us was having a bad practice or a bad game, one of us could call each other out and tell us, hey, you know you're having a bad game, pick it up, and nobody would take offense to it because we knew that it was only coming from a good space. Right, exactly. Exactly. And would you say that was because what, you know, you um, pretty much said it because, you know, it's not like you you just see your teammates as teammates. You, you mm-hmm. see them as a person first and you even speak about stuff that has nothing to do with basketball. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's very important because even for myself, I definitely had to make that shift that I did um, earlier in, in terms of you know, I don't want the players just to see me as a coach. 
because then mm-hmm. when I kind of get on them in drills or in games some of them not all but some of them might take it personal because they might think well where's this anger coming from but if they actually see me outside of the court where we're actually building a real conversation and real um chemistry that then translates to its fullest um Mm -hmm. on the court so very valid point very very valid point now one thing that it's a new aspect that i like that you kind of brought forward where and i'm always curious to know when when players kind of make that transition is it a case of okay i just came from a program where i was the go-to person now i'm going to another program where mm-hmm. there are other go-to people and for some athletes it, it might be oh man i don't know how i'm gonna fit in or but i'm used to being the alpha i'm the number one two three four an option and these people aren't really on my level but for you it was like a oh finally okay you can shoot oh bet you can play defense to oh bet okay i can actually kind of settle into my role naturally mm-hmm. like what where was the thought process behind that and why did you kind of look at that aspect that way yeah um so in middle school um my middle school wasn't a very good basketball uh team okay. i was the go-to person i literally played one through five it is so i was kind of that go-to person um but when i came to linwood and I saw how everybody on the team brought something. Like, everybody is good at something. Right. Um, it made me kind of relax. Like, okay, I don't have all this pressure on me to just do everything. Mm-hmm. And once we started playing, um, obviously, I was a freshman on a very good varsity team. Um, I wasn't going to get a lot of playing time. And that's going to be the first time in my life then that I kind of understood that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can be hard for some people, especially when you're going from being that alpha, the all-around player to not playing as much. But right. the older girls made me feel so okay with that because they're like, you got to start somewhere. This is where your practices are going to set you up for a game time situation so that when you are in the game, you're going to know how to react, what to do. You're going to be calm. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just sat back and waited for my time, but I wasn't upset because I was performing during practice. And it's kind of hard to be like a negative Nancy when you're surrounded by a great group of girls who have great energy all the time and who are so supportive in every way. Right. Right. It's so true. It's so true. Now, I mean, making the transition from high school to college must have mm-hmm. been quite the... Uh, experience it may have even been a potential culture shock i mean it definitely would have been a culture shock for me because i'm used to you know if i show up to a to a game um especially here in london we've got a mini crowd your friends maybe a few parents that are, that are coming cool but i'm seeing some of these college caprice let me tell you a story right? i was um this is how i know there's just levels to just basketball everywhere i was uh watching a game on youtube and there was there was in a big arena crowd is going crazy merchandise i was like okay let me just click on the button and see what two teams are what do you mean these are high school play wait this this ain't two college teams playing wait a minute this is someone so high school someone so wait a minute you're telling me there's this type of energy this type of platform this type of um just just all-round support system for high school players 
which mm -hmm. is it, it like to me being from London it blows my mind so for yourself making that transition from high school to college how was that for you like what did you find easy versus what were some of the things that you found a little bit difficult to adapt to yeah so um obviously my high school was very very good we were yeah. ranked nationally almost all four years um we had a pretty big turnout at most games so in terms of going from high school crowd to college crowd it wasn't really that big of a difference to me because I was used to performing in front of a lot of people right um but when it came time to play against other players or meeting my teammates for the first time in high school you may have one if you're lucky in case in like terms of my team three players who are ranked nationally on one team um you're the best on that team but right. when you go to college it's all of the best girls on one team. Those were the it. best girls on all of their teams in their states. Um, so it's competitive. It was a different competitive factor um, that I had ever experienced. You're having to battle for a position in college against your own teammates. And right. sometimes it brings out the ugly. Mm. Um, <laughs> you're so competitive mm. against the girls on your team. You love them. You're always going to be there for him but if i want the time, starting spot right. and you have it i'm going right. to do everything to get that spot this is it so is it. It, it was very competitive and in terms of like the pace and the iq and the height um it all changes it's a very big transition it's very doable you you ease into it but that was one of the biggest shockers to me was oh my gosh like my IQ was different with all these high school girls, but now we're all on the same page. Like, right. you know, we'll click better, but then there's also those times like, oh gosh, like I need to step it up. It made right. me want to be better. That's the competitor in me. If I see somebody doing better than me in an area, I'm like, okay, I need to get on their level. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's basically what that transition from high school to college was to me. Indeed. Yeah, and one thing I just love is that, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's my, uh, what's the word? Just my coaching dream, just in terms of, I just love how well prepared the coaching staff and the team is. Like there's film sessions, there's weight rooms. You guys have the shooting gun where when you take a shot, the ball comes back to you. One player was telling me about that. I almost shed a tear because I was just like, <laughs> all of my years I had to take a shot, run after it, get the ball back and shoot. You guys are just there just, taking shots oh man but one thing that um definitely was a eye opener to me and that i wasn't made um aware of is the schedule that you guys are on i mean i didn't know it was that intense and for the people who are listening that you know might not know what the schedule is like it's like what you mean it's just practice and it's a game, right? That's it. Oh, no, no, no. See, no. I'm, I'm going to start the intro and then I'm going to give the assistant please to, <laughs> to finish it off. But like when I saw um, a student send me his schedule, he's up at six to seven is breakfast. Seven yeah. to eight is, you know, um, weight room. Eight to nine, there's film study. Nine to 10, practice. And literally every hour is planned out in detail. And mm -hmm. I was like, what? So, I mean, for yourself, Caprice, I mean, how was that like in terms of high school schedule to now know that basketball is an actual lifestyle and I have to balance studying at the same time? Like, how was that jump for you? Yeah, so, you know, high school, 
things are chilling. Like you're mm-hmm. at school Fucks. all day. You, <laughs> you go straight from like the end of school to practice and then you go home. Um, what they don't tell you when mm. you're being recruited is that this is a full-time job. Um, you're not, well, and you are getting paid to do it. You're on scholarship sometimes, but that um, it's more than practice and weights. You have study hall, you have class, you have film, you have to go uh, rehab. Your bodies are going to be tired. That is a very big, like, factor. If I could tell anybody anything, it's make sure that you treat your body right. You got to eat. You have to find time between, like, I'll give you my schedule my freshman year, and I was at a Division One school. I went um, to school from 8 to 3.50. I had practice at 4 to 6, and then I had to study after. And in between that, I had to find time to eat and go to study hall. And that was a six days a week type schedule. Wow. Yeah. Let that sink in, man. That's 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 um I wanted to pass out when you said we had practice and then I had, I've got class after that. I'm trying to yeah. sleep, coach. I'm trying to recover and get ready for the next day. So oh man, that is different. Yeah. That is different. Goodness me. So what's the um I don't know, like in, in terms of was there any um tips or hacks that you kind of learned just from self-analysis in, in terms of one, just, just how to be on point with your schedule, but two, at the same time, not um, allowing it to be too overwhelming at times. Yeah, um, my first big thing is I like to write things down. So I have a planner okay. and every day is planned out. I have my practices. I have my times that I'm eating lunch and rehabbing all written out on it. It's very important to have time management being a student athlete. If you don't have that, it gets a little overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, but just finding the little times, like even if you have a half an hour break, what can you get done in that half an hour break? Even though you're gonna be tired and not wanting to do anything, but it's what can you do in that little break that's gonna allow you to have a little more free time at the end of the day. Right. Right. Yeah. Understood. Understood. Now I'm curious. Who is, um, if I may ask, without getting too um, personal, who is Caprice outside of basketball? And the only reason why I'm asking is because I asked myself this question um, during the lockdown when I had to. It was I had to stay at home. And at first I was like, oh, it's cool. I ain't tripping, man. What? The last I was on? Yeah, let me watch the last dance. Okay, that's done. All right, cool. Let me um, check out some old NBA playoff games. Cool. You know what? Let me read a book about basketball. You know what? Let me start drawing up some plays for basketball. I'm like, wait, Demetrius, okay, outside of basketball, like, what do you like to do? And I had to literally think and be like, damn. Like, <laughs> <laughs> serious. Like, there's Coach D, but then there's Demetrius who like, okay, you know what? I like anime, so let me get back into that. I like learning another language. Let me get back into that. And you just start kind of, I wouldn't say finding yourself, but you start to remember some of the stuff before basketball came into my life. Mm -hmm. So for yourself, like, who are you outside of basketball? Yes. um, Much like you during this lockdown, this has been the longest time that I had went without basketball. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had a conversation with my dad. I was like, 
he's like, what have you been doing? I was like, I don't know. I feel lost without basketball. I hadn't right. really put much thought into who Caprice was outside of it. And he told me, man invented basketball. Basketball did not invent man. Because up until this point, mm. all I have ever done, all my summers, I would have only a week off during the summer was straight basketball. That's what I've been doing since I was two. So that is a big part of who Caprice is, but that's not all who she is. Right. Um, so over quarantine, um, I discovered that I can draw. Okay, okay, yeah. that's what's up, okay, talent. Um, what else did I do? I love to read. Okay. I'm a homebody, I love to stay in. I will read just about anything and everything. Okay, understood. Understood. Yeah. What 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 type of um? Mm, what do you mean? Uh, everything and anything. Has there been any books that's really um stayed with you in terms of some of the principles you learned from that book, or it could have been a storybook that you kind of still remember till this day? Um, I read a lot of romance novels. Okay, <laughs> understood. That's so cool. Um, I mean, obviously you get from those, like, the healthy looks at the relationship and the mm -hmm. toxic. Um, <laughs> that, that's really all I read. But, like, if I can think back to, like, in high school, To Kill a Mockingbird, mm -hmm. I love that book. Okay. Everything about it. I love the way it's written. That's been one of my favorite books for right. a very long time. So how did you discover, um, oh, I don't know, was this a skill that you had from early, but you kind of reminded yourself that you could draw? And, and what was that first uh, painting or drawing? You were like, oh, snap, look at you, Caprice, I see you. Okay, you got some skills. <laughs> so my brother and sister are both very artistic. They always okay. used to tease me from the time that, like I got picked on and I'm the oldest. Um, so they used to tease me when I was little saying that I couldn't draw but like I would still try but like all of that teasing got to me and I was like okay maybe I can't draw but then over quarantine like I was sitting there and I was like I had a sketch pad and I was like I wonder you know if I've matured and, and like my hands have just <laughs> got this magical drawing power or something right. um, so I drew two people holding hands and I was like I did not just draw that wow. like it shocked me yeah off the so literally straight off you wasn't like looking at anything for reference it was just straight visual mm-hmm wow okay Caprice look at you look <laughs> at you okay that's so cool now I mean I, I if there is a story I'm intrigued to know the story behind your jersey number okay so normally like my instagram name kboston22 mm -hmm. um i have been the number 22 since i was in third grade okay. um i picked that number just because my mom's number was 44 so it was half ah, of that nice, nice. and it okay. was kind of close to my dad's number because he was 15 okay um, but, you know, I'm a girl, so I was like, I think I'm going to do half my mom's number because that just <laughs> right. makes more sense. Right. Um, yeah. Okay. Understood. And and I must say, you are honoring that number super well, so you just keep you. doing your thing. Now, um, I think one <clears throat> topic, um, if I may speak about with you, because I think it's a big thing for um, 
players and again just about and you spoke about it earlier is you know really making sure that you take care of your body on mm -hmm. and off the court you know one of the most surprising things that I um, found out over the past few months is, I mean obviously I would I would hear it before like you know LeBron 17th season and he's still playing like it's his first year and I would hear like you know how he spends so much on taking care excuse me of his body yeah. but then when I found out I think it was coach K uh, when he was coaching the um, um, Olympic team and he said like you know LeBron will show up dirty 45 minutes early to practice I'd be like okay that's cool to stretch mm -hmm. and I'd be like okay coach K you need to say that again one more time but the fact that he showed up that early to stretch and warm up just kind of showed oh he's like he's at this level with it like that's how important it is to one take care of your body and you know you try to do as much as an athlete to not get injured and when you do you know kind of understanding that it's it's not the end of the road there is still a yeah. light at the end of the tunnel and naturally you're you are going to go through ups and downs and is there any point am I going to be the player I once was and and who am I outside of basketball so um for yourself if you could just, just just talk about when that moment happened and and just the natural you know um ups and downs that an athlete goes through during that time yeah so um you're talking to post-injury caprice here so she's a lot wiser than <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the KB from before but taking care of your body and your mental health is a huge thing that i don't think a lot of people we talk about it in the right. athletic community, but I think it needs to be one of the most talked about things. Um, the whole saying, you look good, you feel good, you play good. It, it's a real thing. You know Indeed. when your body's tired. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I know how to camouflage my fatigue, so I know there's other players out there who do. Your coaches and trainers don't know what's going on unless you tell them. Right. So... Um, just being honest with yourself like if you roll your ankle and you're like I can keep going um keep going until you go to that point where like you can't go anymore you know you need to be smart um and for me I've been hurt the last two years I went down with um I had two stress fractures in my left leg and my tibia and then one in my right so I was out for a very long time and then I came back and I wasn't cleared. I shouldn't have been playing, but I did. Okay. And then I had to end up having surgery on my on both legs. Wow. Um, I have a metal rod from my knee to my ankle in both of my legs. Um, okay. And that was because I didn't listen to myself. I didn't listen to what my body was trying to tell me. And right. I didn't take care of it. And through all of that, like, yes, it felt good to get back out there after... You know, after the first time I sat out my sophomore year, I think back to like, was it worth it? Like, was it worth mm. like wanting to get back out there and risking not being healthy? Um, and my mental health through all of this, it, it's a struggle yeah. going from playing basketball all the time, like having basketball be my escape and not being able to play that physically because I can't. Um, it's been hard and, you know, when you can't play the sport that you've been playing for 19 years, like what else can you do? Like what else gives you that um, 
escape feeling and that to me during quarantine was a big part of it was trying to find something that can give me that release that basketball gave me right um yeah there's there's so many ups and downs i constantly like this is my first time being a hundred percent in two years and i think back and i'm like am i going to be that same player i was in high school Mm, um even though i've developed since then but because of my injury is that gonna hold me back or is that gonna push me forward and there could be some physical aspects of that like yes i might not be able to jump as high but it's a lot um it's a lot more mental too because if you're constantly hounding on what used to be you're hindering yourself from pushing yourself going forward and your mental can affect your um, physical health as well right so that all plays another very big role in it but for me right now in this very moment in time I'm playing a lot better than I have the last two years that my injury is always in the back of my mind but I use that as a way to like am I going to push through this because of the pain I felt in the past or am I going to stop myself when I feel uncomfortable it's pushing yourself when you feel uncomfortable but knowing your body and knowing your limits and knowing when to stop indeed indeed and you just you just touched on two things that is um so valid and i think it definitely needs to be spoken about a lot in terms of one listening to your body and not um you know what is what's uh there's there's that little kid who say you know what is like no strength no weakness or something Mm -hmm. like that and it's like well there's that side of it but at the same time if you're like going through pains because i've been hooping sometimes and i feel like a pain would be like okay is this a pain that i can push through or do i actually need to chill and sit down Mm -hmm. for a second you know and two just how important um mindset is you know because i think we we um and even you know i've been a victim um earlier in my coaching saying you know you need to be mentally tough you you need to be strong and and mm-hmm. it's and shout out to um jada who i um had um recently she was speaking um a lot about you know you're you're told that so much and you're brought up in that environment which is good but at the same time it's like it kind of got to the point where because you're always tough mm-hmm. like how do you now go from being tough to okay like how okay how am i feeling in this moment right now like am yes. I am I allowed to feel nervous? Am I allowed to doubt certain things? And you know, so it, it's really kind of being able to balance the two. But how would you say your mental has risen to, you know, a higher level now? Yes. Um, so kind of what you said, um, being in that environment where you have to be mentally strong. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of times, for, and for me personally, I struggle with being vulnerable, whether that's okay. with my emotions or right. telling somebody I'm hurting. I'm a people pleaser. If right. my coach needs me to play and I just sprained my ankle really bad, I'm going to get out there and play. Right. Um, being vulnerable is what has helped me, even though I don't like it. I don't like putting myself out there. I don't like not feeling strong. It is mm-hmm. so very important that you are able to face your weakness and vocalize it vocalize that you're struggling it's okay to not be okay right and being an athlete for so long we are kind of like there is that kind of stigma where we are supposed to be really strong and be the toughest of the tough but what Mm. happens when we're not that tough like yes 
who, who do we go to? Who do we tell? We internalize that and that also plays into our mental health. And for the longest time, I didn't understand that. I held everything in. And with stuff that's happened in my personal life, um, there just came a point where I, I broke down to my coach right. and I was like, listen, this is what's going on outside of basketball. This is what's going on in basketball. And I was completely open and vulnerable. And my coach even got emotional with me and was like, I've been waiting for you to do this. Wow. And, fr- and from that point to me, that's when I was like, I just took a big step for me mentally. And from that point on, I have been vulnerable with everything. Um, if I have a problem, I vocalize it. If I'm hurting, I'm vocalizing it. I just, I feel so much stronger after saying that I'm not okay instead mm-hmm. of holding everything in. And I think that's where um, a lot of us need to get to is just knowing that it's okay not to be okay. Indeed, indeed. And that's why I, I have to seriously, um, I, I know everyone is different, but me speaking personally, I definitely have to commend athletes like yourself who from a coaching standpoint you have everything in in terms of not just the physical attributes this um skill set but the mindset in in terms of you bring it to every game you you really are invested in this sport and where it's going but then the extra um appreciation that i have for athletes like yourself is you show your losses and turn them into strengths because you didn't need to post or speak about you know you having surgery how it's going for you where you hope to be in the next couple of months to the end of the year you didn't need to do that and again it, it's it's good for other upcoming caprices or you know um upcoming um athletes to feel like whoa well if you know i see a player such as caprice who you know plays at a high level, plays the same position as me. And if she's able to go through something and and be open about it, then mm-hmm. that will definitely allow the player to kind of go, oh, okay, I don't I don't need to be perfect. I don't I don't need to, you know, fit in a certain mode because um it's interesting because and again it's a lot to do with the media and just um you know what buys and sells i just feel like sometimes um that people want to hear about your games and your championships and talk about your scrimmages in in terms of that scrimmage where you missed how many layouts where your conditioning wasn't on point or where you where you just wasn't you was physically there but mentally absent you know so it's Mm -hmm. it's 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 super huge and I, i just have to commend you on that for sure thank you no, of course, of course. Now, um, man, four-year athlete, Caprice, talk to me about your your final year, just in, in, in terms of when you look back, you know, and you look at the freshman, second, third year, the ups and downs to where you are now. You're not necessarily at the finish line. It's, it's just you're kind of about to close this chapter and move on mm-hmm. to the next chapter in your life. Um man how 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 one how has that journey been and and two you know what what are some of the things that you are putting into existence that you kind of want to that you want to focus on to set yourself up to have a good start to your next chapter in your life yeah so just looking back over the last four years nothing that i thought would happen has happened um i am the type of person who has, like, I write out a goal sheet every year for the overall year and then for the basketball season. 
and I've reached every goal I've ever set. So, you know, just saying that and then saying that nothing that I thought would happen would happen are completely two different things. Like I had a whole five year plan that went up in flames my first week of freshman year. Mine too, yep. (laughs) Mine too, yep. (laughs) It's like you have these goals for yourself, Uh, but you also have to like, you get snapped into reality pretty fast. Um, If, you know, freshman year was just, it was different. It's a lot of um, adjusting to your circumstances and being on your own. And it's been hard. I have had probably the roughest four years of my whole life. both on and off the court but I'm proud of what I've become I'm taking things one step at a time because that's all you can do Um, you can't really look too far into the future because there could be something that comes up so with every small thing I do I celebrate my small victories Um, with celebrating my small victories there's no need for my finish line because I'm slowly getting there A big thing at SPU is we do personal development, um, which sets us up for things outside of basketball. So like we had a nutritionist come in, a sleep specialist, um, people who teach us how to manage money. So they're teaching us um, really important key things outside of basketball that are going to set us up for the next chapter in life. Um, You know, and right now for me personally, putting in things that I want to be existent in the next chapter. It's a lot of schoolwork. Okay, um, just focusing right. on my studies. I want yep. to be a nurse, but I can't major in nursing playing basketball because I miss so much class. Right. So just like mentally preparing myself for another two to four years of school is what I'm doing right now. Okay. I, I'm not sure because I if I could read your face expression, you're like, ah, two to four years, huh? Okay, I mean, I guess, you know, it's like, I gotta do what I gotta do, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, just before we um, wrap up, we've got what we do on the podcast is a quick hitters segment. So, I'm just gonna um, ask you some questions and we will see how you answer them. So, the first one, is what would you say, Caprice, is a skill that is taught by many, but only mastered by a few? Oh. Communication. Mm, okay. Okay. Why do you mean that? Um, I feel like everybody is taught to, like, especially during basketball, you know, communicate your cuts, vocalize, but then there is people who know how to word things a certain way that can reach everybody and Mm. make them feel like they're understood and like they're being taught but then there is a couple like there's a lot of people who just are kind of blunt and like it can make you feel a certain way right right understood understood okay next one the best piece of advice you ever received um just to take things one step at a time and it's okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. What I feel like that that came right from the Boston family. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Next one. If it wasn't for basketball, I wouldn't have learned filling the blank about myself. I wouldn't have learned my, my fire or my passion. Mm. Okay. Bet. Okay, last one. We're going to have a little bit of fun now we're gonna put you in the hot seat a bit but the <laughs> before we do how it 
works is um, what I do with the guests is I give them 10 seconds and I might say, Caprice, I'm going to give you 10 seconds to name me five NBA teams. And literally what I do is I'll play like a little sign bite. So when you hear this and you hear the countdown, Ten, that's nine, when you just start eight, listening to them more. Seven, six. Okay. You ready? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just about. Okay. Let's get it. Okay. So we're going to start nice and easy. Okay. Caprice, I'm going to give you 10 seconds to name five NBA players. Okay. Stephen Curry, Clay Ten, Thompson, Kevin nine, Durant, Isaiah eight, Thomas. Seven. Uh, Six, LeBron James. Five, there we go. Four, Easy. Five seconds on the clock. Easy. Okay. <laughs> Next one. I'm going to give you 10 seconds to name five NBA teams. Okay. 10. Lakers, nine, Clippers, eight, seven, uh, the Kings, six, the Thunder, five, and four, three, the Miami Heat. Okay, there one. we go. There we go. Easy. Okay, next one. So you see, this is where this next one, a few of the guests have been about, uh, wait, what? And some have been like, okay, bet. And they just start listening them off. So let's, let's, let's see how you tackle this one. Okay, Caprice, <laughs> 10 seconds. Name five NBA coaches. Oh my gosh. Um, Is it Steve Kerr one? Yes. (laughs) That's why. Is that all you can think (laughs) That's so hard. I love it. I love it. I love it. I swear. Steve Kerr. She's going right. Okay. I love it. I love it. Some people are like, I bet. Some people are like, wait. Oh, uh. Phil Jackson, uh, yeah, he don't coach me. But oh, my fault, my fault. Hi, right, let's pick. <laughs> okay, bet. Okay, last three, last three. Let's go. Okay, so Caprice, I'm gonna give you ten seconds to name five international players in the NBA. Ten, um, nine, eight. Why should I not think? Six, five, four, uh, three, two. Uh, Giannis, Joel, and <laughs> There we go. No. I, I, go, start, I started. We'll take, uh, we'll take it. Yeah, this. Yeah. Uh, Rudy Gobert. There we go. Uh, in the house. Oh my God. Uh, the Gasol brothers. There we go. One more. And Andrew Wiggins. Right. Oh yeah, Canada stand out. Okay, I love it. I love it. Okay, final two. Okay. Ten seconds. Give me your top five players. Of all time? All time. Okay. Um, LeBron. Kobe. Seven. Six. Michael Jordan. Five. I'm going to put Giannis up there and Kevin Durant. Okay. I love it. Okay. Final one. Final one. We're going to end this fourth quarter strong. Okay. Caprice, I'm going to give you 10 seconds. Name me five artists that get you hyped before a game oh okay Ten, Roddy Rich uh huh um, okay. A Boogie Seven, with the Hoodie yes sir I, I listen to five, Baby Shark so Pink Fong okay um, <laughs> <laughs> keep it going we got um, two more <laughs> um, we good Drake okay of course the GOAT a lot of Drake and Meek Mill oh I love it 
I love it. Bet, bet. Hey, she, I can't lie, she, she did that pretty well, pretty well. I'm not even gonna lie on that one. So, I mean, all of the info is gonna be in the description, but for those who wanna follow you, see what you got going on, Caprice, talk to me. Where can they find you? Okay, my Instagram is kboston22. And then my Twitter is Caprice, K-A-P-R-I-C-E-Y-22. There, there, love it. Right, listeners, like I said, we appreciate your time. This is myself and Caprice, the queen of the threes, <laughs> okay? <laughs> Signing out.